episode number 33. Hi, you're listening to the Careers Beyond Motherhood podcast with your host, Janine Esbrand. I'm here to help working mums like you to thrive in your careers and in motherhood. I share tips, strategies and inspirational conversations with awesome women to help reduce the struggle in your juggle. Hello, hello and welcome to the show. So today we're going to be talking about how you can be finding flexible roles. So for many women who are looking to return to work after a career break, one of the challenges is finding roles that offer the flexibility that you require. You can be reaching out to recruitment agencies and feeling like they're not as excited to put you forward for roles because they don't quite know how to deal with your career break and that can lead to a knocking confidence that can lead you to thinking I'm not able to do this it's not going to be possible for me to find a role that allows the flexibility to work around my family but I want to assure you that help is at hand and there are organizations and our recruitment agencies that are dedicated to assisting you in this area one of which is inclusivity partners and it's run by an amazing lady called Stephanie Dillon and her and her team are committed to helping you find roles that are going to work for you. So in this episode we talk all about how you can navigate the return to work, how you can negotiate the flexibility that you need and instead of just shopping in the part-time pool of roles, how you can look in the full-time pool and negotiate down to get yourself into a role that's a good fit for you. Uh, We also talk about how it's important to look at your career as a whole and not necessarily just the phase of life that you're in now. There's lots of really juicy information in this episode so without further ado let's just jump right in. Hi Stephanie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Hi everybody, my name's Stephanie Dillon. Um, I'm sure you can hear the accent. I'm originally from Melbourne in Australia and I run a business called Inclusivity Partners. I um, had uh, a decade and a half specialising in corporate recruitment where I worked for many, many large clients who were all global multinational businesses and I then took a career break myself. which um, coincided with some young children and I now run Inclusivity Partners which is specifically a recruitment and coaching business dedicated to career returners. Oh I'm so excited, (laughs) I'm like there's so much I want to talk to you about. Um, (laughs) So talk to me first about um, your kind of journey from going uh, from working recruitment before into motherhood and then how that then transitioned into you starting your own business. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to try to be quick because someone else asked me this recently and actually it's a little bit like that movie Slumdog Millionaire where there's been so many different things that have happened throughout my life that have really built this notion of always wanting to set up this business. Okay. So when I was about 23, I joined Michael Page on their graduate program, mm-hmm. 22 or 23. And at the same time, my mum was about 52 and she got made redundant from her work. And she really loved working. She was always, you know, the person who enjoyed her independence, enjoyed having her own income. And she could not get back in. And she applied to so many roles. And as time went on and that career break became further and further, it really 
just became so difficult. And I watched, I think, the impact that that can have on someone when you really do want to work, mm-hmm. but you're unable to find something. And I, I remember looking at her CV and looking at all the skills that she had. And she had a very specific training and occupational health and safety type background. And she'd applied to roles that I knew she was qualified for. And so I knew there was just something going wrong in terms of, I guess, the recruitment process and also how society views people at a certain age. Um, and I think that that still continues today. And then, you know, a couple of other things that sort of, I guess, built it in along the way was when I was about 26. And she called in when I was, a, I think, a consultant at Michael Page. And she had been out for four years. And I think she'd had like four children in those four years. So the notion of she hadn't worked is absolutely hilarious. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's a lot of work. <laughs> exactly. And she was a chartered accountant and she wanted to get back in. And even though I'd never had children, I, I just knew at that stage when I was walking around all the various different consultants saying, well, you've got a finance manager or what about Catherine? And this is now 13, 14 years ago. Even then, I could see something was wrong. She would never get put on the shortlist. And I just felt that that was implicitly wrong because this woman had amazing skills. But also, I think if you're taking time out to nurture the next generation of which the entire consumeristic world depends on, I don't think that the penalty should be that hard that, mm. and that high that you have to you know, completely and utterly give up any future um, earning potential. Yeah. And then my own career break, just looking at the talent at the school gates. So... Oh, that's the, and again, a long answer, but all those things just have really built upon the notion of wanting to run my own business that supports career returners. Yeah. And I love the fact that from the work that I've done with people and people that I've spoken to, people tend to feel, I, I work a lot with lawyers and they tend to feel like there aren't any options out there. So yeah. I was speaking to somebody, a, a client the other day and they're in a role that they, it is part time and it's flexible, but it's not necessarily where they want to be, but they, they're reluctant to kind of try and move because they don't think there's anything. I know that there's, there's actually organization like yours that's focused on helping people to find a flexible role. Yeah, but I would still say to that person, you know, it is really hard. Think long and think hard before you jump ship. We have an enormous amount of talent who are stuck in these part-time roles where they've outgrown the position, Mm. but there's nowhere to move. And um, TimeWise did some interesting research uh, a few years back, and they looked at all the part-time positions that were advertised on the market over a period of time. And I think it was 8% of roles advertised on the part-time labor market were were paying above £20,000 per annum. 8%. And, you know, so for people who are in part-time positions and wanting another part-time role, I would always say, don't quit yet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really hard. And I always encourage career returners and people in part-time roles, if they are looking for a new opportunity, shop in the full-time market and negotiate backwards. Ah. If if, if you sat and waited for those part-time roles to come up, you know, we'd all be old and grey and (laughs) probably (laughs) 90 and... I think the reality is that most part-time positions are used as a retention tool. So someone will go on maternity leave, the organization wants to keep them, so they will offer them Mm part-time. But when that person does leave, they very very rarely re-recruit it on a part-time basis. They then re-recruit on a full-time basis. So it's still a real challenge for people. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions, which is not something I would have thought uh, not a way that I would have thought to approach it in terms of looking for full-time positions and then negotiating it down and I think a lot of people probably do what you said they look in the part-time pool which is really restrictive um so how does how does that work do you think that coming through an agency um who can negotiate down to part-time on your behalf is a lot easier than trying to do that yourself 
Um, no, I wouldn't say it's, it's easier or not as easy. I mean, our job is to uncover organizations and to build relationships with clients who will consider flexible, flexible applicants. So coming, you know, through us is, is good because we're doing the hard work and trying to find those businesses. But if you're finding those businesses as well, then that's just a, a double win, you know, yeah. absolutely getting out there and, and, um, putting yourself into the full-time market and negotiating backwards is something that I, I advocate for everybody to do. Yeah. And are there any kind of tips that you would have for anybody who's coming back? Because I know there's often something around the whole confidence of uh, the confidence piece, being out of the game for a while, then coming back and trying to look for a role and not feeling like you're maybe on par with some people that haven't taken a break. I think there's two types of candidates in, in general, very general term. But I, I speak to a lot of candidates, a lot of women who are have not lost their confidence at all. They're just let me at it, give me the job, I'm ready to go back. And for them, the challenge is actually they can't find the opportunities, they can't get in front of the businesses to sell themselves. And then there are other candidates who have really taken a big hit to their confidence. And in that situation, I am a big um, uh, proponent of coaching to enable you to just tap into the person you were before you had that career break and to remember all the things about you that were really good and your strengths etc so you can rebuild your confidence because you do have to have that in an interview you have to be able to present your most confident self but what we also do is um we offer coaching too so if we place someone in a in a role um, at a certain level, we offer this for free, but at, at a certain level, if we place somebody into a position and they go back, then we offer them coaching for the first three months. So we take that off the recruitment fee. So the client doesn't pay any addition, okay. but it's, it's our way of basically saying we're all committed to this process working. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So it's that, that support. Cause I think the first three months is kind of key when people go back, um, just helping them to settle in and to adjust to, to the new environment. So I've become a bigger advocate about coaching um, the older I've gotten and the more experienced I've had, but also the more experiences I've had listening to other women talk about their return to work. Um, in particular, one lady I was speaking to you know, mentioned to me that when she went back after, I think, her first maternity, she had a coach who really encouraged her not to make any decisions in the first three months because it's such a huge transition. You're feeling guilty on both sides. You know, you're really trying to refine who you were professionally, but also, you know, managing that with um, who you are personally and the changes that have got on there and gone on there. And I, I look back at my career and, and, you know, think I would have really gotten a lot of value from that in that mm-hmm. particular period of transition. So I do think there is a really big place for coaching um, and to encourage you to make longer term decisions rather than decisions that might feel right at the moment. You know, there's a lot of things that we read about, particularly on a lot of female friendly sites that are, you know, find the real authentic you and, mm. you know, really tap into what's right for you. And actually, for me, I, and for a lot of the women I talk to, what's right for you in one point in time might not be right for you in five years time. Absolutely. And we very rarely step back and think about that and think about our careers and think about what what's important to us. And actually, a lot of the women I interview are really smart, high achievers, and they want to be high achieving on all fronts. And mm. so then you have to make decisions that are going to allow you to become high achieving on all fronts and sometimes that means not making decisions in the first three months yeah absolutely and I think I say that as well to people that 
being a parent to a newborn is very different to being a parent to a one-year-old so how yeah. you how you're going to feel as a parent at those times yeah. is very different and then that has an impact on how you feel about work life and you know when your kids grow up and they start going to school um yeah. it's very different so yeah if you are making rash decisions then it can impact what what could potentially be yes. a good option for you down the line um, yeah so yeah I totally agree with that yeah. And I, you know, I think that sometimes it's human nature for us to make rash decisions. And I do meet a lot of people who do walk away from a big career because it just wasn't working at that point in time. And so my passion is about trying to say to organizations that we need to attack this twofold. We need to ensure mm-hmm. that the right advice is there, but we also need to recognize that sometimes for that point in time, it's just not going to work and someone might walk away, but why would you not welcome them back? Why would you have this huge talent pool of people out there who are ready to work and ready to reignite? Why are we not discussing them when we're talking about, you know, talent attraction strategies? Yeah. And how are you finding organizations are responding to the, those kinds of conversations are you seeing a difference in terms of um the views from different sectors or different size organizations or is it just kind of hey 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 i am super excited because i have a handful of spots open for one-to-one coaching I am looking to work with more of you who are highly ambitious very driven know where you want to get to but are struggling to get there because you feel as though you're being overlooked and undervalued for the contribution that you're making you know that you need to get more visible you know that you need to show up more you understand that creating a personal brand that is speaking for you when you're not in the room is important so that you can move towards your career goals but you don't quite know how to make it happen and for you I am extending the invitation to come and join me inside of Elevate. This is my one-to-one high-touch coaching program that is designed to help you to advance into your next role, secure your next client, position yourself for the opportunities that you want by being intentional with your personal brand, making sure that your digital footprint is tight. Yes, I mean, LinkedIn is looking good and attracting the right opportunities and making sure that you're able to show up with confidence and fully articulate the value that you're able to bring to your next opportunity. I am excited to dig deep come up with your personalized strategy and your plan and support you with the accountability and coaching that is required to help you to get there. So if this sounds good to you, if you know that you need some support with really taking your career to the next level, book a call with me and let's explore you joining the Elevate program. So head over to careerchangemakers.com forward slash call so that you can book a fitting call and then let's have a conversation about whether or not this program is a good fit for you. I look forward to speaking to you. You know, there's certain sectors that I haven't really gone near. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, legal sector, sector, I haven't really gone near. Yeah. And um, I have just spoken to too many lawyers who have had experiences that have not been positive, and I am very aware that I am only talking to a super small percentage, so I'm not, I'm not making any judgments on them, but I think there's industries who are standing out as perhaps doing a better job 
um, and the sector as a whole. Now, within the legal sector, there are some businesses doing a great job. But I think the conversations are definitely getting more broader and um, there's definitely more receptive conversations going on. But you have to understand that up until probably maybe three years ago when um, when Returners launched, these conversations weren't even being presented to the audience. And so now the more voices we have and the more businesses that are out there knocking on their doors going, hang on a second, why aren't you looking at this? Yes. Then actually the more it's prompting them to go, why aren't we looking at this? Yeah. yeah. And organisations, I believe, suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out. And so things start to um, gather momentum. And now there does seem to be, you know, even in the space of a year when I would reach out to some corporates to say, would you be open to a conversation on this? You know, I often hear nothing. And now I'm getting way more responses going, yeah, actually, we, we, we would like to have a conversation about that. So it right. does start to snowball a little bit. Yeah, which yeah. is which is good. And are, are you finding that in terms of having those conversations um, with both individuals and organisations that they kind of understanding the, the benefit of, say, coaching and the benefit of of uh, uh, taking this this alternative um, mindset and view around people returning and optimising that that talent pool? I think it's a real mix. Sometimes you're sat opposite someone who just looks at you and goes, I get it, full stop, they just get it. (laughs) And and that could be male or female, but a lot of it just depends on where they've been in their life stages, what experiences Mm. that they've had. You know, you may talk to a man who has a wife with an equally big career and he is used to pulling his weight and he understands the pressures on families and he just gets it. Um, and that can be against the stereotype. A lot of people think men don't get it. And that's just not true to say that men as a whole don't get it. You find what, lots of wonderful men out there who do get it. Mm. And and likewise, I can talk to, you know, perhaps even a female who do, who doesn't get it because they might just be in a totally different stage of their life. Their friends haven't gone through it. They don't know what's coming ahead. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and they may not get it. So um, often it's an education piece about, you know, even running through some basic statistics um, from a labour force perspective um, and talking them through that, which is, you know, a lot of them, if you can present them with facts and figures, are like, mm. really? I didn't know that. And so yeah. they are open-minded, but there's a difference between sitting opposite someone who goes, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And that's interesting to kind of have that viewpoint, even if you're if you're somebody who's returning to work, say, going back into a, a, a position you were in before you took a career break. Um, just knowing that the people that you're speaking to that are in higher positions are coming from a place of different backgrounds and different experiences. So having yes. some knowledge about that, that could help you yep. in terms of how you frame your conversation and, and how, exactly. you, how you go into it. Yeah. Exactly. And the knowledge of who those people are and their life experiences is so vital because you have to you have to figure out who are going to be the people who are going to support you in a holistic way and who understand what you're trying to balance and what you're trying to achieve. And then who are the other people who in theory want to support you, but actually they just don't understand. And so then there has to be a a period of time of warming up the relationship and, and getting to know each other and slowly explaining you know, your priorities and, and how you can still be a brilliant employee, but also how important flexibility is. Yeah, it would be um, really interesting to hear from you kind of your experience of, of managing like your home life and your having a business because everyone has their different challenges when it comes to, okay, I'm juggling this, I'm jugg- whether it's juggling uh, your career mm-hmm. and family or your own business. Um, so how have you found it with having your kids and then figuring out the whole okay I'm running my own business how do I separate my time um Mm. yeah be interesting to hear about that 
probably not as well as I should is probably the answer. I um, I'm, I'm re- first of all, I'm really lucky. My kids are both at school, so my daughter's nine and my son's six. Mm-hmm. And I think you get these lovely years and ages, and <laughs> you know, really being stressed about what they're up to. Um, and yet, actually, they're not really small and toddlers, which is really, you know, that age is labour intensive, and often people aren't sleeping in a lot of households, and sleep yep. deprivation is the best form of torture I've ever ex- experienced. So I have a really nice stage of life at the moment which for me works well mm-hmm. so I can do my school drop-offs I'm fortunate in that my kids are really hugely energetic kids so they're really happy to go to after school clubs um you know they'd go to after school clubs to nine o'clock if they could they just love to run around and they're really energetic so I make the most of that but then I'm still able to get there at a reasonable time whether it's a, a 4 15 or a 5 15 pickup um on the odd occasion I will get someone to do the pickup for me if I've got late night meetings and things like that or, or if I've got um you know if I'm traveling with work I plan that with my husband we've just recently set up a family diary oh that's good <laughs> as things get a bit busier you know so trying to figure out who's where and who's doing what yeah. um you know like many couples we kind of just fell into a, a pretty traditional way of running our house and it wasn't necessarily gender stereotypes that drove us into that um my husband just had a full-on job that required a lot of travel so I naturally picked up more of the homemaker um role with no conscious decision to do that other than if his role required that amount of travel um and he was doing a lot better than me in terms of his career that that was just a decision we made yeah um but so yeah in terms of how I work you know I quite often get up early and and bang out emails or do reading sort of an hour before the kids get up and I quite often sit on the laptop at night time you know catching up on emails but I don't think that's necessarily the sign of a workaholic other than the fact I can't find anything good on tv to watch (laughs) yeah yeah, I quite often put the tv on and then just decide there's nothing I want to watch so I'll just work um (laughs) So, yeah, I, I, it's very fluid is how I would describe it. Yeah, which is good. I, I, I think it's um it's easy to kind of think it should be this way or it should be that way. But what I'm realising from speaking to a whole range of different people, whether it's, like I said, running your business or in your career, that people figure out how it works for them in their household, with their family, their partner, with their children. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to do that because often you can get into the mindset of, this is how it should be done. I should be spending this much time with my children or I should be spending this much time doing this. Um, And then that can take you down a road of never feeling like you're you're achieving. So yeah, it's definitely good to figure out what works for you. And I've given up on guilt, to be honest. Yeah, throw it out the window. I've given up on guilt. I really just think you can't meet the expectations of everybody and you certainly can't meet the expectations of, you know, the the magazines of how life is often presented to you. And it's not reality anyway. You talk to your friends, you get a good feel for the fact that everybody's, you know, everybody's just making do and just figuring it out as they go along. and, And that's fine. And sometimes the expectations aren't even external. They come from ourselves and we don't assess where did that actually come from. So you put a lot of pressure on yourself to do stuff and no yes. one else actually is, is, is saying that that needs to be done. Um, yeah. So, yeah, taking time to check in and be like, well, where is this coming from? Why am I putting all this pressure on myself is, is also a good, a good thing to do. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I suffer from that just as much as anyone, you know, that constant feeling of not doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but I, I, you know, I've pretty, I've come pretty close to letting that go. I've let most of that go. <laughs> that is good. That is definitely good. I'm so with you on that. I'm like, okay, I just can't do everything. It's not possible. So let's just let's just try and choose a few things to focus on, get those done, and then at least you feel like you've accomplished at the end of every day or the end of every week or month or whatever. <clears throat> I, I've got a wonderful friend back in Australia who I just love. She was just we went to school together. Super bright, super capable. She's got four kids, <laughs> and you talk to her about. And she's got a great job. You know, she's done really well. And uh, you ask her, how do you guys do it? She says, we operate triage. It's basically whoever's in most need at the time. Yes. The goes. <laughs> yes, that totally makes sense. Because I was thinking, I was thinking about that in the context of I'm adding uh, baby number two to the mix. And I was like, so what happens if the toddler kicks off and the baby kicks off? What happens? How are we going to manage? I'm like, do you know what? Whoever shouts the loudest at that time will just be the one that gets the attention. It's just triage. I love it. <laughs> I think it's a good approach otherwise you'll drive, uh, drive yourself crazy <laughs> yes that's right yeah well she's given up on you know you have you kind of you know you start parenting with all your ideal aspirations of everything yeah and then basically you come back to are my children happy and are they well yeah and if and you've got four there, of them from there it's just triage <laughs> just do yeah, what you have to four. do that's a lot yeah I've got my best friend also has four children and I, I often say to her I just don't know I just don't know how you're managing but she's doing it so that's awesome they do it you, you just do it yeah that's off to her so tell me about I know that you recently have been partnering with um Virgin and you're doing a whole um return returners program um do you want to share a bit about that and how that came about we're doing two things actually we're doing a returners program for virgin money um their head office is based up in newcastle in the north and that is is a traditional returners program whereby it's an opportunity for career um, returners to come back in for a three-month um position and you know the program includes coaching and training and networking and all the things that sort of a part and parcel of a returners program mm -hmm. um with the the goal is that these pe people would move into a permanent position although there's no guarantee that that, okay. that happens but we're also doing something with virgin in london which is a um career reignite training session mm -hmm. and it's literally a boot camp um it's it's sort of two hours long but we want to include at least a good 30 minutes of just people throwing out questions and and uh, that is just to, to assist people with their job search. And I'm really hoping we can get many more of these coming up with lots of different clients sponsoring them. Because what happens is, you know, traditionally speaking, when you're in the full-time labor market and you've got a nice CV and you go to your recruiters and, you know, they, they all sit there and they give you a lot of advice and they make a lot of time for you. But the minute you sort of mention after you've had children, if you mention part-time or you mention flexible working, mm. what, what a lot of people find is that just the, the shutters come down, the calls stop. And then there's no one there giving you advice on, yeah. on your job search and helping you go about it. So that's really the intention is to actually be, a, you know, a recruitment expert for this particular market and, and try and assist as much as we can to help people reignite their careers. Which is awesome. And so I think it's good for people to look for things like this who are in, in this kind of situation because, like you said, yeah. there's not necessarily – the resources are, are – sometimes there but you don't necessarily know that they're there so looking for um, organizations like yours and others who are who are basically providing you with that kind of information is definitely a yeah good, a good step to take obviously. and I'm really I'm really passionate about it being free as well mm. because I think um you know, as I said, it's free before you have children, isn't it? You know, you go, you go. The, the industry very much services you, and then afterwards, it's not free. So it's just, it's so fabulous to have companies like Virgin who sponsor it, um, and who have provided the room, and you know, they're, they're 
provided money for advertising, all the all the various different parts of sponsoring something. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's so terrific to hear of companies like that who want to to really be involved as well. So, and we've got more and more meetings coming up with other businesses, and we're proposing the same thing. You know, give us a room. Let's let's get these people back in. Let's help them get back into into the market because there's just incredible amounts of talented people out there. Yeah. So, are there any first step tips that you would give to anybody who's in the position where they're like, right, okay, I want to get back into the the market. Um, I just don't know where to start. What would be the first thing that you would say to them would be a good place to start? Well, I would invest time and energy in really creating a great CV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say I always say to people, there's no such thing as a CV. There's CVs, so it is always a working document, and you really probably want to have two or three CVs on the go at any one time. And I don't mean that you're lying about your experience or changing your experience, but you are highlighting mm. different parts of your experience depending on what you're applying to. Right. Um, the other thing I always say is is just really know what you want, and then find out if it's available. So I, I've had so many in, um, emails just this week um, applying to the uh, boot camp saying, oh, I'm so excited about this. You know, I was a I was a senior manager in this, this and this, and now I'm really looking for another senior manager role part-time in school hours. Mm. And that, you know, the, the hard part is, is that I have to say to people that doesn't really exist, you know, and I go through the labor force statistics around, yeah. you know, I think I mentioned to you already, 8% of roles in the part-time labor market pay over eight, eight, um, 20,000 pounds per annum. So, you know, finding a senior manager role part-time and in school hours yeah, is, limiting is a needle in a haystack type scenario. So <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, let's take it back and figure out why you decided on that because usually it's actually about balance. Yes. I want to have them and, and usually that person wants to have a challenging role with a career with a balance. Well, I would say apply for full-time senior manager roles in one of the great organizations and talk to them about flexible working. Yeah. Talk about life balance um, and how do people ensure that they have, you know, that in the organisation. And there are some really good businesses out there who are leading the way. Um, So I I would not write those kind of things off. Um, And then finally is LinkedIn. Yeah. You Which have is an amazing to, you know, tool. It's such an amazing it tool. It is an amazing tool. And it's just <clears> such <throat> a great way to um, get your brand out there. And in an ideal world, bypass the recruitment industry. Get yourself in front of the line managers and get yourself in front of hiring managers yeah. without having to go through a formal sort of recruitment process. The last thing I like to ask people is I love inspirational quotes and like sayings that I can hold on to and quote for people. And so I was wondering if you have any. Oh, I've got, I've got two favorites at the moment. Okay. Uh, well, I've got my all time favorite and then I've got my two favorites at the moment, which are getting me through. So my favorite one at the moment is done is better than perfect, mm. which is Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg's one. Yes. Cause I've, I've really had to let go of a lot of things in terms of not just on the home front, you know, just going, okay, that's not, it's done. It's not perfect, but it's done. Yeah. Um, and also from a work perspective as well, because when you're running your own business, you know, you are marketing, you are legal, you are accounting, you are um, business development, etc. And, you know, I do have some people assisting, but most of it comes down to me. So I've yeah. had to say done is better than perfect. Um, and then the second one that I love, you know, I had a little bit of um, with the Virgin Money Recareer program, we've, we've started to get, get some really good candidates, but the first week was just really slow and I had that moment of absolute panic and, and fear. And I was reading Jane Angardia's book, who's the CEO of Virgin Money, and at the front of it, Richard Branson has a good quote, which I love, and he says, don't worry if you fall flat on your face, at least you're moving forward. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love that. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. If you're not putting yourself out there, if you're not failing, it means you're not trying. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? You might only be moving forward by 160 centimetres, but you've gone forward. At least it's a little bit 
it forward. I, I say that to myself all the time. Like if I haven't made the progress that I wanted to make, but at least I've made a step forward, then that's, you know, that's better than yeah. not doing anything. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, you know, my, I guess my favourite sayings change based on where I'm at in life. Yeah, yeah. And what you need to hear or tell yourself on a daily basis. <laughs> yes. <keep> motivated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So if anyone wants to connect with you and learn more about inclusivity partners and the work that you're doing, where would be yep. the best place to do that? So the website's um, inclusivity.co.uk, so okay. that's really simple. Um, and obviously from there you can click through to Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. Um, or just email me at hello at inclusivity.co.uk as okay. well. Um, you know, even if, we, even if we think, oh, you know what, we're not quite sure we can help someone yet, we are it's helping us um, build an understanding of who's out there and then we can, you know, talk to corporates about pockets of talent, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So just, um, just yesterday I was meeting with a really big organization um, and we were talking about returners and they were really interested in um, actually sort of, I guess, less qualified returners because a lot of the conversations at the moment are really around the degree qualified, highly, Mm. highly um, qualified, educated, um, people returning to the workplace and actually there's a huge other talent pool as well so people who may have been um, administration or reception or PA or call centre or anything like that and actually it'd be really terrific if we can start to get some returner yeah. programs going for those um, women and, and, and men it's not always women but for that market as well so um, even if we think you know we meet someone and go we're not quite sure we've got something for you at the moment it does help us actually then go out to the market and go well can we have a conversation about this particular talent pool as well yeah. Yeah. awesome um, they would benefit so yeah so fingers crossed that one might might come through but I'll keep you posted sounds good so I'm going to put the link to your website on um, the show notes for this episode and so people can just go there and, and, and click that was such a useful conversation it was great to hear Stephanie's perspective as a recruiter and all of the tips that she shared are definitely going to be useful if you are going through this phase of job searching now if you want to connect with Stephanie or learn more about her I will be putting the links mentioned in the show in the show notes so head over to lightboxcoaching.com forward slash episode hyphen 33 and then you can get access to the links now if you are looking for support and you're looking for somewhere to hang out with other like-minded women who are building careers that they love whilst raising a family, come on over to the Facebook group, which is the Careers Beyond Motherhood community, where we share the highs and the lows of being a working mum. We support one another on our career journeys and I'm in there regularly offering some exclusive group trainings and guidance and insight for you. So head over to the group. It would be great to have you join. And if you're looking for some more specific support with navigating this next phase in your career, then do reach out because I offer individual career coaching to women who are transitioning back to work or who are trying to figure out the next stage in their career beyond motherhood. So drop me a line at Janine at lightboxcoaching.com and then we can see if and how I'll be able to assist you as you move on in your journey. All right, that's all from me today. I will be back again next week. And in the meantime, look after you and look after your babies. Bye. This podcast features music from Ben Sound.